Hello and welcome back to One for Paul, the show where I, the original non-pop culturist, get inducted into the world of pop culture by friends, comedians, and nemeses. Joining me today is my friend. This is the part where you introduce yourself. I know. I don't want to introduce myself now. I'm scared, man. <laughs> oh, don't be scared. I don't bite, usually. <laughs> mostly. Mostly. Hello. How you doing? How you doing, good sir? Uh, this is your, your Dax, Ren, on... On the on the Twitter, on the Twitter, on the Twitter that's what your stream is yeah, called, right? Yes, no, yeah. So yeah, let me introduce myself properly. Uh, my name is Dax or Daxren, and I um I have a I have a Twitch where I stream a bunch of different things, variety, uh, try and entertain beautiful people, and um yeah, that that that's the kind of, kind of kind of thing I do. Lots of lots of little different things. And you had me watch a movie. Mm-hmm. I did, I did. It was a movie that. Uh, for me, it was surprising that you hadn't seen, personally, because it's one of my favoritest, favoritest films. That's right. Welcome to Kung Pao Chicken. Their story, uh, it's a documentary about the invention of the now-famous dish. Yeah, no, def- definitely. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, so, I don't know how, you, how, how you'd like to start with this or anything like that, um, but I, I, it's, 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 it's an amazing tale. <laughs> it is. It's something. It's definitely a movie that I watched. I, it definitely was so. Um, it's di- it's directed um, and done by the same guy, Steve Oderkirk, that uh, did uh, the Ace Venturas and worked closely with Jim Carrey. Uh, with that, with those, I don't know if you've seen many of the Aces. I've seen. I saw two, and then I saw one. One, one, one. I think is my favorite for me. It just edges it out just a little bit. But um, yeah, so the director for that, essentially, massive fan of like those old kung fu films and everything like that. You know. Uh, like the drunken master ones with like tiger crane and I, I can't remember exactly the film it's it's based off of uh, uh but that <laughs> he then then he takes takes himself superimposes um himself into the film in one of these old kung fu kung fu movies dubs over the parts that should be it and completely changes the tone essentially <laughs> it is a weird effect yeah i mean uh thinking about what i knew before watching the movie I think I've seen a movie poster of a dude holding uh, gophers <laughs> connect who yeah. who are holding a piece of cloth, but like gopher chucks. Yeah, I m- guess. M- makeshift gopher chucks. Yep, yep. <laughs> I saw that. I think I saw that poster in around 2003 when this film came out, and I went, "That looks dumb. I will not see that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, yeah. No. Around, around the time it came out, I didn't manage to see it in the cinemas at the time um, when it came out. I think I, I was still a bit a bit too young then like i would have been in my teens but i'm not sure what the age rating is on it, it must be like a 12 so yeah it must have been around that but i didn't see this in my saw it a year or so later when it first came out on dvd my friend picked it up at school and was like oh man have you have you seen this film i was like oh, i kind of vaguely remember seeing the poster with the gophers and everything it was like that he's like oh no it's really good and then he basically gave me the premise of it and for the moment i watched it i've been a fan ever since i was like I, this this is great for me it just uh, <laughs> So what what place do you think the film has in pop culture? Is this like a, a sleeper oh. hit? Is this a cult classic? What are we talking here? For me personally, for me personally, I'd say um, it's 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 a place in like that that for for me the classic films that are spoof movies, but when they were still decent, if you know what I mean. So. Obviously, because of your lack of pop culture reference and everything like that, uh, but it's of that pantheon for like so the original scary movie like was one of the, like for me at the time I found one of the best um, parodies of uh, horror films until 
uh, later on. Um, then Miss for me is like your take on your your kung fu your kung fu movies and um, a spoof of that. Um, oh, let me let me I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to rattle my brain, but there's there's a couple of us. But it's of that ilk where something that's been so popular for so long then gets spoofed to shit essentially <laughs> so this is the airplane of kung fu movies is that's yeah airplane naked gun thank you thank you paul yes see yeah my mind's gone but yeah so scary movie was uh was a spoof <laughs> yeah it was entirely a spoof of the scary movie of the scary oh, movie genre at the time i'm so unfamiliar with horror i think i saw that and i was like oh this is a horror movie okay yeah, literally because it, it references it refer- it's like it's uh, totally based off scream the scream movies um so that was like it was really taking the piss okay. out of them at the time because they were like i guess the most popular horror films leading up to that so um, uh, unless there's anything else to mention at the front about the history of the film or stuff that you want to mm-hmm. talk about then we'll start with the scene by scene let me just have a little bit. No, no. Essentially, yeah. I think I think we've done a but done a pretty good breakdown of it. Man puts himself in an old kung fu movie, dubs over it, adds some CGI to make it even more ridiculous. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> so fade in to a notification informing us that this that an amount of this footage described as some is a, is from a Chinese film called Huihui Shangxing. So. Apologies to anybody who actually speaks it. Sorry, I'm trying so hard. It's Huo Hei Shang Qing. So I think I don't speak this language, but I'm trying. It means uh, tiger and crane fist. Or when I Googled around for the translation to get the pinyin thing so I could pronounce it, uh, it said tiger crane double. Okay. So I don't know. Sometimes translation is weird. Yeah. We'll get to just how much of this film is that film, but I think some is maybe understating it. A, a little, just just a little bit, because, yeah, that was the film I was trying to think of earlier. That is um, the original movie that they say, and that is what it's based on, like, the scenes he's taken from that is from that original film, and, like, the actors where it hasn't got their face superimposed in it are the original actors from those films. But actually fade in now to a happy family living in a bamboo hut somewhere, uh, presumably in China. (laughs) They look like a lovely, happy family. Surely they're not about to suffer some sort of plot-defining tragedy. You'd think so, but, I mean, it sets it up pretty much well for me. I mean, it's like the standard uh, setup for for any sort of a revenge movie, as it were. (laughs) Oh no, it's some sort of plot-defining tragedy knocking at the door. This man is here to kill the baby, but he needs to see the inside of the mouth of the baby first. <laughs> yeah. Turns um, out this is a chosen one, uh, and this uh, and is also not that defenseless. Yeah, no, so in the, um, in the in the opening of the scene, um, that's where uh, you're yeah you're you're meeting the the baby and everything like that, and yeah he he sees he wants to find the mark of the chosen one essentially, and the mark of the chosen one, as we learn, apparently is in the mouth. Turns out, turns out. So this is Master Pain, and Master Pain fights the baby, but is not able to kill the baby because the baby knows kung fu for some reason. <laughs> what did you what did you think of this scene this part because like the baby like springs to life and that's when it kind of starts to morph from serious film intro into 
the ridiculous side. Oh, I don't think it needed to morph. I think that first part where the dude with the iron claw kills the man walks in and goes, <laughs> he makes Waluigi noises at the yeah, baby. That's a, it's a, yeah. This man is Waluigi. <laughs> Incarnate. He's even got like the slight mustache as well. It's not as grand, but he's still got one. It's, it still adheres to the laws of physics because they couldn't afford the physics-breaking machinery at the time. <laughs> so, what, so, so, Karen, what happens with this fight then? They start to fight. <laughs> well, first thing that happens as he starts to fight is the baby starts winning, and then the henchmen decide to run away because the Chosen One is too powerful for them. So Master Pain, therefore, decides to kill his own henchmen, light the house on fire, and walk away dramatically. <laughs> <laughs> there's a um, i don't see i don't know if you'd like to just do um the scene by scene or how much you like to give away of the film that's involved oh this is about a it being complete spoiler, spoiler cast this is a complete spoiler oh, okay. cast. Oh, so we yeah, are literally so going through scene by scene describing everything that i think is relevant oh, in the movie okay so i'm um yeah, so after, 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 like you were saying, it transitions, uh, as we saw from the, the opening of him being Waluigi, and then the fight with the baby, um, <laughs> would, there's, there's a scene in that where he's trying to, he's like leaping around, it literally reminds me of, do you know, in uh, Star Wars, Attack of the Clones, I believe it is. I when really Yoda try not to, to remember, fight. but yes, I, I have seen yeah, it. That's essentially what the baby is acting like during this fight scene. It's like jumping, spinning everywhere, oh, no. like they're trying to catch it, and it's like kicking it in the face. <laughs> the visual reminded me of what was that bad movie about? The, it was Baby's Day Out or something, where this baby just crawls onto like construction sites <laughs> yeah. and stuff, and occasionally yeah. you just see oh, yeah, like this light. fully like with liver spots on it, hand of an old dude, but it's a small man. <laughs> Oh god, it's so this, this was so yeah, bad. No, this is totally this is peak about. 2002 cheap CGI is what it is. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah, 100%. I, I don't know how much of it was done on purpose and how much was done for a lack of budget, but <laughs> I think there's a healthy mix of both at a guess. Uh, the baby right, survives. So the, the the baby survives the house fire by jumping clear of the building and rolling down a rocky hill before landing on the road where he's found by a passing woman. And, uh, yeah, this, I know, me too. I am trying woman, so uh, hard to keep it together because this is where I was like, oh, this is where this plot is going. The woman is going to raise him. And yeah. now she rolls him down the other hill, just going like, On, off you go now. <laughs> That's the one. That's the one, yeah. It's like, so, yeah, it comes out and the baby's just there. It's still like almost like in a cloth, like it's just come out of its manger or something like that. And again, that. it did and not have this cloth lady. on before. It was not swaddled. It was no, just no, a baby. Yeah. And suddenly it has this <laughs> thing on it, and then you watch a whole scene of, like, just a doll that they rolled down a hill it and they tumbling. filmed it. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. She picks it up, and I think it's just like, it's like, oh, cute baby. Bye. And throws him down the hill. And but, like, gently like rolls it. Like, this is where you're supposed yeah. to be. There you go, on your journey, little one. And then you do, yeah, and then it's just the audio. I love the audio afterwards of the baby sound effect rolling down the hill. All you hear is. <laughs> it's a very good. This is the scene that got me howling on my own yeah. watching the movie, which doesn't yeah. happen a lot. And I was like, all right, there's something to this. I'm going to, I will keep watching. Yeah. 
Yeah, oh, I'm so I'm so glad because it's that opener where it's like, oh, are people going to get it? Or are they going to be like, what the roll title, roll title, and they roll the title as he's rolling down the hill. And uh, at the end of when the title fades out to black or whatever, there's just a voice in in the movie that says, "Shh, shh it's starting now." <laughs> oh yeah, and then um, then he starts the does it when the the credits are kind of coming in as well, and then it's like he's in the movie. He's also in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Cut to Sorry, scenic shots to of presumably the Chinese countryside, which look an awful lot like the countryside outside of LA, but all right. As we're introduced to our <laughs> protagonist, it's the baby, all grown up into a handsome Caucasian man somehow. Steve Odekirk. <laughs> grew up into a handsome Steve Odekirk. <laughs> he, he grew up, this tiny Chinese boy... Grew up into a <laughs> handsome Steve Odekirk. <laughs> and, uh, and then you, you, hear, you hear one of my favorite guys, because he's there, I think you hear How did he survive well, the that... goalie? <laughs> when the narrator kicks in. Oh, it's yeah. It's the narrator. He, he starts kicking in, and he starts to say the journey that this man has taken throughout his life. Yep, so the first thing that the journey entailed was he survived the goalie. Mm. <laughs> And he was raised by various rodents. And he partied with said rodents as well. They raised him and he partied with them too. Oh yeah, and the desert like uh, the desert creatures is who he de- he partied with. Yeah, yeah there's like a shot of just randomly him and he's got like a sombrero on. He's like mm-hmm. drinking like from a cactus or something. There's like these terrible little animal puppets are just dancing with him. Yep, turns wow. out he's on a journey of revenge. So he walked for a while, and walked, and sometimes also drove, and then partied with the desert creatures. <laughs> That's it. That's when you first, because like, it doesn't really give away ever, what time period it's in. You just assume, because it's like old martial arts film, it's probably going to be a bit back in the day. And up to that point, you're like, okay, he's walking, it, still, and suddenly it cuts to a highway, and he's driving in a convertible. Uh-huh. <laughs> hair blowing, he's got sunglasses on. Oh, my word. But you see, usually he's not walking or driving because usually he is fighting because people keep fighting him for some reason. Why is this reason? Like right now, for example, in this real dumb fight scene where where he just like pops in and out of pipes like Mario... So yeah, so th- this is this is probably one of my favorite fight scenes in the film, and it's the opening one. It's such a um, I love it so much. Yeah, it, it's so stupid. It's yeah. So you have him walking through um, the the little town, the little village where he's trying to. I think he's trying to. Dis- we're not sure what he's looking for exactly at the moment. We haven't been told this part. No, he just walks. Yeah, just what he just walks. We're not sure where he is, and then that, this is when all the quote unquote bad guys, the enemies, pop pop out as they were. And the and it and like there's flying out, there's like ninjas coming out, people like that, and then there's this really massive guy um, with the sword, and that's when it cuts uh, the voiceover for him. It's just entire like it just the first time I heard it, it got me because it's just it's got like this really effeminate female voice coming out, this massive dude. So he looks at him and it's intense music and just goes, "Your days are over, Mister." <laughs> that first time I heard that, I died. And then what happens in said fight scene, Paul? What happens? Well, one of the things that happens is he jumps down a hole and then pops out of another hole and then punches <laughs> the man. And then he dives down into the hole again and shows up in a different place this time and then yeah. punches a perfect cylindrical hole in his victim. 
Which is so shocking that even the voiceover guy is going, whoa, whoa, hang on. <laughs> Did you see that? He punched a hole in that. Yeah, it literally pops out. And then it's like, it's supposed to be like, I think, a, an homage almost to like the Bruce Lee one inch punch thing, where he just quickly shoves his fist forward. And then like a perfect CGI circle of this man's stomach just like plops out behind him. And on rewatching this um, recently, I, I noticed that the little stomach plug jiggles a bit on the ground as well when it's it lands. Good. I was like, yeah, it, that was like whoa. And yeah, same feeling as the narrator. He's like, oh my god, he just he just punched a hole in this dude. And the whole time, the narrator is going, I don't even know if that's physically possible. I mean, there's a spine back there. I didn't see any spine in that. It was just like a piece. Of, I don't understand. It's like one solid chunk. Yeah. <laughs> Cut to, uh-oh, trouble. Looks like he has to fight a whole skirmish force, including this kendo uniform man and this woman in a bikini. Yeah, so, yeah, this is But like, not it's... before some dramatic zooms. Oh, uh, the dramatic zooms. The Zoom! dramatic zooms. Zoom ever. So it's like, um, it sets up as, as you know, like in an anime or one of those old battles and they're looking eye to eye and it cuts to one person's side it cuts to the other and it's got that really intense music that didn't oh yeah it's got that it's got all of that sound effect singular one sound effect one sound effect over and over and then it cuts and it keeps cutting faster and faster between so it's like and then before it even finishes the sound effect it like loops over with the next sound effect cutting to an eye 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 then randomly the woman in the bikini eye eye and then the last shot is like i think of his nipple It is just of his nipple for reasons that are just... probably clear to someone. <laughs> Wait, and... mate, it was a cheap laugh from me. I was like, what? Bearing in mind I was a teenager when I watched I'm pretty sure this is aimed slightly more at a teenage audience. Uh-oh, he's surrounded, but fortunately he knows the undefeatable gopher kung fu. <laughs> this is where um, he needs he needs nunchucks. So like he's looking. Oh no, for he doesn't need the nunchucks just yet. First, we need to see that he has a face for a tongue for a face. Ah, uh, oh, oh! This is where we find out what it is—the mark of the chosen one. What makes it so that all these people are after him? Uh-huh. This is what's uh, in his mouth—is uh, the annoying orange. Yep. The... <laughs> from from the YouTube from years ago. Oh, yeah, it essentially is. It's got the same face as the Annoying Orange. Well spotted. I didn't even, yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't connected those. And before, against these men sure. with rice flails, he improvises some gopher chucks. <laughs> yeah. Go for, oh, but then, no, yeah, be, be, right before the gopher chucks, there's the, there's the fight that's happening. And uh, there's this one part, because like, he's trying to fend off all the people, and he's like punching someone, and then uses his tongue. So you see uh, the tongue come out with the face on it. I think that hits someone. And then someone behind him, like um, a, like a fake leg lifts up to like kick the dude behind him. Oh, yeah, he's that's standard. Looking. Yeah. <laughs> no, just, just to throw in another one of those tropes. Then, I'm yeah, enough yeah. of a fan of uh, old Hong Kong action movies that like that's one of the classes of movies I've seen is old Hong Kong action nice. stuff, which awesome. is great. And yeah. this, the parts where like clearly a prop guy just thrust a prop leg <laughs> yeah. into a dude's face <laughs> over the guy's shoulder. I'm not phased by that anymore. No, yeah, I've seen all, all the wire work, all the all the all the the dummies and stuff that have been used in films over over the years. But Kendo <laughs> Uniform Man has a smoke bomb, which is exactly as effective as you'd expect it to be. <laughs> so he, he gets it's like so this is this is a thing. This is like the first time you kind of see it. The smoke bomb is like a pyramid, and the pyramid is like a running theme in this. That's like the symbol of the bad guys. 
Uh, as I don't know was. what you're talking about. What's wrong with triangles? <laughs> uh, you, you know, there's nothing linked with triangles and pyramids and evil organizations. It's not or like that like was that. the first shot of the evil guy. He had a triangle <laughs> thing on his chest. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's all the triangles. Um, but yeah, this, this smoke bomb, he throws it down. <laughs> And the, the, the smallest puff of smoke emerges. And I remember the first time I saw that and his look of disappointment. I think I fell off the sofa laughing at that stage. He's like, gets it. And he's like, oh, he doesn't say anything. It's not like, oh, you'll never get me. And he just throws the bomb down. It's like, Pfft. he just hangs his head in shame. Oh, it's getting to me. It's he does. To- and then I think he must escape because these screaming people are back up. But not for long, because our hero manages to pluck ten eyes out of these four hapless men's heads. So, uh, Where did he get the other two eyes? <laughs> I, oh, wait, wait. So how many How many men were there there? Four. And he, plucked, and he had been... one eye yeah, on each of his fingers. And the thumbs. wrong way around, like from <laughs> the back. Yeah, they're all just yeah, yeah. So yeah, he hasn't gouged them, and so they haven't got all the things hanging off the front. Yeah, you actually see the pupils and everything on his eyes. That's the that's that cue, like almost um, a Dragon Ball esque scream because he's like, and he's like, ah. oh yeah, he he does the Super Saiyan scream long enough that he springs a leak. Yeah, he gets so intense to the Super Saiyan scream, and all these men dying that like yeah, his neck just goes, and he just he just collapses. But apparently that doesn't affect anything. No, because we immediately cut to Crane School of Kung Fu, where some serious training is going on. As you can call it. And this is when... um, I'm not sure if it's in this scene. There's a couple Uh, of these. Yeah, it's because every every time uh, it usually cuts to the school... Uh, the people practicing in the background, there's like obviously you know the martial arts school, and they're practicing their, their kung fu or whatever it is. They're always chanting something slightly different. Yeah. Uh, you listen to it, and it's like it's never what you'd expect it to be. But I can't I remember. I forget this what this one is. I have a note on a later one. Yeah, if it, I, I don't know if it, it's one of us is wearing something. That's that comes later. That's the later one. Yeah, see, that's the only one I can remember. I can't remember the original. That's because one. the rest of them aren't very good. Yeah, no, 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 the, the joke just, here isn't what they say. It's they're chanting something other than counting to ten. Yeah, essentially, essentially. <laughs> and then this is where we're is we're introduced to one of the masters. He's, is well, he first we see this yard? one guy who's dressed slightly differently, and that one girl who is the the one girl in the movie. Yeah, the the only the, 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 no, there's there's two two women in the film. There's two, there is two. But that's comes, true comes but this off. is one of the only and essentially yeah one of that there's only like two women in this entire film also that. gopher guy is here yep so we have we have gopher guy and the guy uh, who's dressed slightly differently goes to one of the oh. other pupils and says who is he followed by uh the the obvious visual gag where the guy moves his mouth a lot for several <laughs> seconds and then the only voiceover <laughs> is i don't know yeah oh i yeah yeah, that 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 that's great. That's I knew that really was coming. That's this. the obvious joke. I'm glad they yeah. got it out of their system yeah. because exactly. now we can go with the rest of it. Fine. Yeah, yeah. It, it's done. It's done now. It doesn't happen again. But yeah, that was like you had to. If you're gonna do it about you know badly dubbed films and make a joke of it, you gotta have at least one horrendously dubbed one. Oh, there is another one later, but I think it works well because it's not expected. Well, there's two with the dog, that. but we'll get to that. Uh, Inside the school, he meets Master Tang and informs us that he needs help and that he has traveled many miles. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, no. So yeah, so he, he goes in. It's, How many yeah, miles in, would you uh, say he's traveled? Would you say was it was it a thousand miles? ten million miles? <laughs> no, no, I would not say. Um, all right. <laughs> I like that right away Tang is being made out to be this slightly ridiculous old man. Yeah, totally ridiculous. He's like the I think out of most films I've seen where there is an like a slightly insane old man that's supposed to be a leader. He is really up there. He, the, the things that come out of this guy's mouth throughout the course of the film mm-hmm. legendary. <laughs> Unfortunately, Master Tang declines to help the chosen one. Until the Chosen One says, Master, I implore you to reconsider. Hmm, okay. (laughs) Yeah, so as as you'd think, as you'd think, like, it's like, okay, he's been like, are are you worthy enough to do it? Uh, It's it's like, um, those who are, yeah, in like the Shonen anime, we have to like prove your worth. Oh, in yeah. order to get taken under the master's wing. First you it's have like, to run two million miles or something, yeah, I guess. Yeah, got, got, yeah, got to run two million miles. Yeah, have you worked a million steps? Have you done this? Have you conquered your fear? He's like, I don't think so. And it's just like, I implore you to reconsider. Okay. <laughs> I think what happened here, and follow me on this one, Buddy just rolled a natural 20 on his charisma check is what just happened. <laughs> This is exactly a D&D I thing. I don't think I can help you. Uh, can I roll a persuasion? All right. Literally. Okay, fine. I'll allow it. Fuck, DM will you, allow you rolled a 20. Shit, I guess he agrees. Yeah, I guess great. he'll you help you out, now. You cut out half of my story, thanks. <laughs> Turns out that if Buddy here can defeat Master Pain, he will be the chosen one, which he's not already. And it's also a problem because Wimp Low is the guy who is dressed different and his squeaky shoes have a problem with this because he wants to be the chosen one. Yeah. Wimp so, Low will be the chosen one. Wimp Low um, is, uh, is, I'd say, what would you, would you say he's like kind of, the, well, it's like a joke, but he would be the rival in this film, he'd be the Gary to the Ash Ketchum, as it were. I think it's more specific than that. I forget the exact <laughs> name of it, but there's a thing in anime where you've got a character who believes that they are the protagonist. Yeah. And but they like, are not worse. the protagonist. Yeah, they're, they're, they're like super down below. But, but I think essentially... here, it's not that trope. I think it's just Wimplow is an idiot, and he has yeah. been purposely trained wrong as a joke. Yeah. In the words of Master Tang, yes. he's an idiot. You have purposely trained him wrong as a joke. As um, a joke, yes. Every, every he says he this in the... front of Wimplow, which yeah, I love. He doesn't even register it. He doesn't even pick up on the fact that that's happened. He just thinks that he's the chosen one himself or wants to be. And every time he enters a scene or is about to fight, they've added the squeaky sound effects, which is just like, Every time he's moving around. Oh, it's better than that. As a sound designer myself, I can tell you that is a man rubbing a balloon. Oh, nice. See, it's a hidden sound effect knowledge, man. But the true chosen one will bear the mark of infinite wisdom, so probably this tongue with with an annoying orange on it. Is that the mark of infinite wisdom? Because Master Tang seems a little taken aback when it's discovered. Yeah, he looks at it and goes like, what? 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 Uh... What is that? <laughs> please, please, <laughs> put put does, it away. Does it have a name? And what is its name? That's what. I, 
I'm, I'm inviting you so often to complete lines with me. Come on now. Tongue. <laughs> His name is Tungy. Worth mentioning that the delivery from Steedo Kirk the whole time is so matter of fact. The yeah, chosen just... one is 100% the straight actor, despite the fact that he's the one doing the ridiculous things and has the tongue thing with the tongue on the tongue and the face tongue on the tongue yeah, face. He's the one that seems to realize he's in a ridiculous world. <laughs> mm. But he's the one causing it to be ridiculous by like punching flesh plugs out of people. Yeah, the rest of the scene here is mostly here for exposition. Uh, something, something, evil counsel. Former master said there'd be a chosen one in a flashback where he says there will be a chosen one, and also it will be significant in a flashback that's where he says it will be significant. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, you get like a flashback into another flashback, and then it starts with a third flashback, but it stops. <laughs> we need to stop the flashbacks because we now officially know too much. And also, yeah, why yeah. is Master Tang in bed? <laughs> and then when the flashbacks come back he's just in bed he's like oh you know you don't even want to know what happens next and then it cuts to another one it stops again it's like enough enough flashbacks also Ling and is here and Chosen One decides to stay for reasons totally unconnected to the fact that she flashes him for no reason yeah literally I, what, what it, I can't remember what, what the line is beforehand but it's like she isn't it like she's she shy, shy. She's shy yeah she's she, shy but that'll pass and yeah, then she and then as soon as he goes, see, I told you. And then just quickly comes back up again. <laughs> also, obligatory butt joke. Obligatory butt joke. All right. But um, we got, got, got to get them in. Got to get them in. I like it like also because... Do, yeah. do you have to? Is that a thing must you must do? I, I must do. Myself, okay. personally. <laughs> but no, I, I, the, out of that scene, the part of it that I like is Master Tang because um, he is obviously a, a bit of a dirty old man. Uh, um, Ping is, is starting to massage him a bit on his back, just like gently. And he just you just hear him go, yes, play me like a drum. <laughs> Cut to Master Payne and his gang of thugs beating innocent people with sticks. The mayor is uh, not happy about this, but is also like, ha, 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 please don't also beat me with sticks. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my village and beating people with sticks. It's an honor. <laughs> and of course, the buddy there is like is a bully and knows it, and he's like, eh, "I enjoy yeah. being a bully." So this is this is Waluigi guy from the opening scene. He's back. He um, is with his with his with his men with his evil crew. Um, Despite what but, anyone wants, he is here. I don't know if you noticed this, but they used two different actors for that character. Did they? So. Uh, yeah, so the master. So when they have to do like more of the stuff which isn't involved with the traditional film, that's when they use like a kind of a lookalike. So the part at the beginning with the dude fighting the baby is a different actor to this person um, that we now get introduced walking in. That I think is the original actor from the old film. And then later on, when they do some more of the like martial arts scenes, I think they swap the actor back out again. But well, like I didn't know stunt double. It yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, but I didn't notice it for years, but having watched it, it's like, yeah, their faces are almost totally different, but I didn't notice it for ages. Yeah, normally ages. you don't put a, a close-up of the stunt double's face, but in here, they yeah. go all in. Yeah, they, they, they just don't care. But it still took me a while to even figure, to even go, oh, that's a different person. <laughs> mm -hmm. But first, cut to Wimplow trying to seduce Ling by saying he will defeat the Chosen One, because he is Wimplow, and he is the Chosen One, probably, according to Wimplow. <laughs> <laughs> so is this is this where it queues up for uh, Wimplo going to try and challenge our chosen one? 
it cues it up, and then it's time for a training montage. <laughs> and uh, we see him do the board-breaking thing, except he just extends a finger and everything blows up around him, which is very yeah. anime. So yeah, it's essentially just like one of those training montages a la Rocky or anything like that, but pushed to like the nth degree, cranked all the way up. And like all the, Yeah, so instead of breaking boards, like you say, just blowing them away, and then he does, he's push like, ups. yeah, push-ups, and he starts with like, you know, normally then one hand, then he goes to a finger, and then finally he's just breathing in and going to the, the floor and then blowing back out, exhaling and lifting his body up just through his own breath power. It now occurs to me that several years after this, uh, Avatar The Last Airbender was made, and they had a scene <laughs> where Aang... <laughs> does push-ups with his airbending in exactly this way, and I wonder oh, wow. if the makers of that show were like, you know what? Maybe. I had no idea. I don't actually... I, I haven't seen I haven't seen the Avatar. Ooh, of, I think I've you would enjoy bad. it. It's one I've of my favorites. But right oh, now, really? we have important business. Yes. Wimplow. Yes. Wimplow, seeing these frankly superhuman feats of strength and agility, nonetheless believes that he can win because he thinks losing is winning. So in a way, he's exactly correct. He, yeah, he, because he's been trained wrong, uh, as I said before, he he thinks that him getting hit in the face means that he's winning. And I believe one of the one of the quotes that he does is um, "face to foot style." How do you like it? Where he just like where he gets kicked in the face, but he thinks it's his own technique. <laughs> also, it's a good excuse for a sparring scene at this temple mm. set that they built because, well, otherwise, it's only in a couple other scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's literally the the one place where they like to have one on one fights because I think it's the same place used for Everything. a battle later on. Yeah, yeah, a fight later on. A lot of stuff like that. So yeah, they must have been proud of that. Um, Dax, there seems to be some sort of metal trumpet nosed Muppet looking CGI thing over there in the corner. I can't, I can't imagine that's foreshadowing of some sort of Deus Ex Machina that's going to happen later <laughs> on in the plot at all, right? <laughs> No, no, it's 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 fine. It'll be uh, it, it's totally uh, legitimate. They're saying it's nothing to worry about. I'm sure it's fine. Hero. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'm sure on some planet, Wimplow's style is quite impressive. Unfortunately, this is Earth. <laughs> Ling tries to stop the fight because it's not even really a fight. But what actually stops it is news that Master Pain is in town. And our hero must have his vengeance. Probably. He remembers, he remembers, I believe, that from when he was a baby, Master Pain coming, the start of the film. He's got a very good memory. Cut, yeah, that is, that is surprising. Cut to Master Pain performing his skill in a talent show, I guess. Is that what's happening? A talent show? I, I think it's trying to show off exactly um, what he can achieve. So what is happening in this scene? Well, uh, what, what, what his skill, he is extraordinarily skillful at being hit in, in the everything. With sticks. With sticks. He is able Lots to be sticks. hit by these men with sticks without injury, seemingly, and then dramatically throw them to the ground and request a towel. <laughs> yeah. and, um, yeah, Cut, so to there supper. Were... Cut to supper with Master Pain. His assistant informs us that he wants information about the Chosen One, or he'll cut off all of their big toes, including his assistants. Which I believe he already has done. <laughs> well, that's just efficient. <laughs> um, so in this scene, this is where he starts laying down 
what he's looking for, right? I'm trying. I'm trying to remember. Well, this is where he remembers being three months old or something and recognizes Master Payne as being the dude who killed his family. But you know what? The last time they fought, he nearly beat this guy and he was an infant at the time. So, you know, 25 years later, something like that. It's got to be something like strong. that. Yeah, it's got to be He's like 25, clearly. And, you know, if Wimplo, Whitlow, if, uh, if Master Payne was around his 20s or something back then, he's in like mid 40s now. Yeah. There's no way that this guy is going to be some sort of unfathomably powerful badass. Oh. Uh, Due to some is, sort of, I don't know, space thing. That that would just be unreasonable. Yeah, that'd be crazy. I mean, what kind of thing? I mean, there's something to do with triangles again, but... <laughs> what kind of filmmaker, I ask you, would do that to their audience on purpose? <laughs> I don't know. Some sort of, um, uh, what is it called? Sadist? <laughs> Someone that wants wants to see you suffer a little bit. Master Payne decides to give us a monologue about how not evil he is due to all of those happy feelings he has all the time. And here's a joke. What do you get when you cross a owl with a with a bungee cord? My eyes. <laughs> It doesn't even. It makes no sense. I, this is. I'm just showing waka my sense waka. of humor. It, it makes no sense, but it tickled me. Like, it's, although mm, it's a power play, is what it yeah. is. Tell a bad joke. Your your sycophantic people around you start laughing, and he goes, "Enough!" And Enough. everybody goes, "Ah, okay. Well, if I don't, he's going to cut my everything off of everything else." See, I think. Sorry, I'm going going off on a tangent just slightly. Oh, by I all think means, with, tangent away. With, um, this I saw this film before I'd really seen Family Guy, so and obviously early Family Guy, and it just it just seems like that almost the randomness of some of the the scenes and the jokes in that definitely started to affect what I found funny before I saw Family Guy, and then that came into it. I was like, yeah, it just led on to it, and I was just like, yeah, it's definitely the that style sort is of... definitely sort of next to one another, aren't they? We'll yeah, call it yeah, Family Guy like, season one to three, call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, before like they got too obsessed with cutaways, but with that sort of cutaway joke being in the film without having to cut away, like it's happening. If you if you if you get what I'm saying, like it's also right his name is Betty now. Yeah, he's changed his name from Master Pain to Betty, and he is rightfully offended that Chosen One's insinuation that he should conform to traditional gender roles in his choice of name. <laughs> Maybe Chosen One is, in fact, the bad, the bad one, man. The bad man. The, the bad, bad one. one. Man. <laughs> maybe, and then, the, um, maybe he is the chosen bad one. The chosen, the chosen bad one. Bad, bad wrong. Or something worse than bad and wrong. Yeah. I, don't, I can't think of what that would be, though. Before <laughs> anyone dumb. can lose any more toes, his assistant intervenes and encourages him to take a nap. Also, Master Payne has triangles on him for some reason. Not yet explained, but we will find out. The idea that it's ever explained is... I, I feel like you're you are stretching the yeah. credulity of the yeah. word explained. Yeah. 
I, I am a hundred percent. Like, I, I don't know. I don't think it actually is ever explained. I don't know if they were ever planning to do um, a second one. I think they were like planning that. to do a second one, and I think yeah. there's ample evidence of that that we'll yeah, get into yeah, later. Yeah, at the end of it. But yeah, I, I don't know. But I'm, I'm sure to do with that, it was going to be more, more revealed if there was going to be a second one. But carry on. Where are we now? What's happening? Cut to later at the Crane School, where Chosen One needs to figure out if he also has this special skill that he has seen on display. Because that would be just so useful if you could also get hit with sticks forever. Exactly. He was very impressed by Master Pain. Master Pain took that beating and didn't even... Uh, buddy, uh, buddy, buddy, have some respect. <laughs> it's Betty. What, what? So I'm sorry, my, my, my bad, my you bad. Be, you can't be misgendering people. Come on, yeah, pay attention. It's true, it's true, it's true. Betty, Betty, my bad, Betty. Um, so he enlists the help of his friends and colleagues who agree to beat him with sticks. If things go sorry. wrong, he'll either, either give the signal or dramatically throw them to the ground and request a towel. A towel, exactly. He wants to do the same exactly as Betty did. So what proceeds to happen? <laughs> well, he doesn't get his towel, I can tell you that much. <laughs> Literally, uh, they just keep. As soon as one stick hits, he's not firming it at all. He's he tries to like up. I'm tense, and then it's like oh, and then another one hits, and then because oh, which we didn't touch on the scene before uh, with Betty, he kept on getting repeatedly a stick driven into his private area. Didn't get affected at all. This happens one time to our chosen one, and he's pretty much crying in pain. Can't <laughs> and then they the do guy, it, frankly. Bro, I I'm, I couldn't do that. <laughs> I don't know anyone that could. Nobody can do that. There's I, I, a reason reckon... that in professional fights you're not allowed to do that because it would be both far too effective and far more boring for the audience because it's like whoever can kick the other guy there first is going to win. <laughs> that's Betty's got the ultimate hidden cup on. That's that's part we've we're behind behind the magician's curtain. Is this wearing a cup? Hey, this guy is a phony. <laughs> He's a phony. Later but, that night, he comes to, only to be accosted by a lady dressed as a superhero who falls off the roof. Her name is Whoa, 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 and she has no notable features other than that. Yes, of uh, of course, there is nothing particularly stand that stands out about this one character. There's nothing that say? stands directly outwards from her body. That is noticeable. One one single discernible. There's not thing. one single thing <laughs> that we could say about her. Oh my word! She informs so... him that he won't be able to defeat Betty yet. He needs to go and grind some more levels first. Maybe in that side area with the volcano. Maybe do some <laughs> side questing. And to demonstrate <laughs> this point, she fights him to show him how weak he is. Probably. However, he does have the mark of the chosen one, so when they fight, they go tongue to tongue as well. And it's almost like a sword fight with their tongues, like with the, the sound effects of like the same that they use for the fists and everything like that. So it's like fun, And then she seems to be very impressed. Fun note here, the way that she kicks in this little scene here, mm. this this lady knows how to fight. Yeah, no, like she the does actor like, has kick, this lady can kickbox. She she's got the she's got the posture, mm. she got the poise. I can see her sort of having to pull her thing so she doesn't actually knock the guy out. Yeah, yeah. I'm also thinking it's quite impressive um, considering she has to wear one single thing as well. <laughs> Wouldn't get in the way of kicks that much. So we're, yeah. she got one boob is what we're saying. Yeah. I was so impressed with the makeup job boob. here. Yeah. 
Because I so looked up the actor going like, I wonder if the actor has, <laughs> I wonder if there, she just happens to have had a, had a mastectomy or something. Maybe yeah, there's yeah. an actor who, that would be really interesting to see her other roles. I wonder how they mm-hmm. play that. No, she's, uh, she has not in fact had any such procedure. She's got yeah. both breasts. And I think, I think they just sort of gave her a binder and then added one big, like, yeah. piece of paper mache or something uh, yeah because essentially it's almost like uh it almost has like um that v-neck to, ex- to expose cleavage but instead mm-hmm. of cleavage it's just like one the one boob the yeah. top of like one boob that you see in between and it's and like else. not it's not one breast like you you're missing one it's like in the yeah, center in the of center. her chest yeah that's the thing it's like they've combined to one super boob <laughs> but it was like good enough makeup job that i had to look up like yeah. how did they do this no i thought so as well like and even even now it really holds up because i yeah he's like oh wow that the art team really behind real. this oh yeah they're very they're, good they had to do they had, they had to do one thing really well we've got the the best one boob in the business <laughs> Somebody has that on their CV. You know this. Oh, yeah, I was the one boob guy. Um, to be fair, I'd hire him on the spot if I needed some sort of effects or anything. If like I needed up. to have one single thing in the middle yeah. of it. Yeah, totally. This. <laughs> so here's the thing. They then do the, the tongue kiss thing. They're not kissing. They're just like going. Yeah, tongue fighting, tongue sparring. Literally, it, it's played as what they're doing is tongue kissing. What it's played off <laughs> as with the sound effects is like there's force behind these strikes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but the, none of this works though. And in, uh, uh, sorry. <clears throat> so they fight to a standstill and the ensuing <clears throat> conversation reuses the exact same reaction shot of chosen one and the exact same. Hmm. Like six <laughs> times in a row. Yeah. And oh, it is my just word. gorgeous. Uh, yeah, the, the first time I saw that, I yeah, I, I there's so many scenes. The first time I see these things in this film, I'm just like, wow, that really got to me. I was not expecting that. It's the ones where I'm not expecting it that really, they're the ones that tip me over. But also, that kind of footage reuse is super common in old Hong Kong cinema because partly the budgets were so tight. They even getting more film to film with was expensive enough yeah. that they had to reconsider how they were editing stuff, doing callbacks was unheard of. So if you got to the edit and we're like, oh, damn it, we don't have, we don't have that shot that we need. Can we reverse the thing and put it or like, no, don't worry about it. Just put it in the normal way. And we'll just, the, the audience won't mind. It's fine. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be okay. We have $20 left. Christ. Just use it, reuse it, reuse it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And that that happens that happens again later to another effect as oh, well. Oh, it happens constantly, go. actually. But yeah. this is, they make it quite obvious a couple of times because yeah, oh, yeah, this yeah. is where the joke happens. But the whole rest of the film, they're doing exactly the same thing. So uh, remind me what's what's happening next uh, in this scene. Where are we going from here? Well, we're warned. Uh, Chosen one is warned that he should avoid the meadow because that's where Betty's great protector Moon Yu is. Yes, yes. So, um, what year? What year did this this film come out again? Was it two thousand two? Two thousand three. Two thousand three? Question mark? Question mark? Okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna say around then. So, not that long after the Matrix. So, parodying and spoofing oh, the Matrix that doesn't was happen yet. Shit hot for everything. I'm just I'm just setting the scene for this. Oh yeah, but, Matrix was yeah. two thousand. Yeah, so yeah, it's not so everything. I mean, it's still parodied to this day, but just not as much. But there was a good what five, six, seven years after the Matrix came out, where it was literally been parodied in everything. Oh, they, it was they, in they passed a law. Day. 
It they, was they in... passed a law that if you were making content of any kind, it had to include that one scene of Neo getting shot and he goes yep. backward and then goes halfway and yep. bullets go flying past. Or, or, the, or, the, or the one motion. And the other scene where Trinity leaps and then the cameras have to rotate around them while the person stays still. That's the other thing that's always... Let's, been... let's take a moment to remind ourselves that those were legitimately amazing at yeah, the time. No, they were. Like, at the time, and we look, watch them now and we go... Yeah, wow. right. Yeah, it's okay. And like even even the kind of bullets like going past um, Neo now look look really ridiculous. But at the time, like seeing like the bullet trails in the air and like wow, it was, it was insane. But anyway, so we're not doing the, the Matrix. We're not doing the let's, Matrix. We're let's just say to ourselves currently, how much they've been spoofed. We cannot <laughs> live in the Matrix because we would look at stuff like that and be like, well, look. I mean, the graphics are. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> I can do that in Houdini in ten minutes. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say anything too much. But I was just gonna be like, you know, uh, people with the, the like moon landings fake. It's like, really, have you seen CGI in the early nineties? <laughs> have you seen CGI <laughs> in in nineteen sixty nine? Because nobody claymation. had claymation. I think that was about as close as it got. Cut to lunchtime at Betty's place where Master Tang, I mean Betty, sings a song about popular... Wait, no, this is Master Tang, not Master... Sorry, now I am misgendering. Yeah, but, but, yeah, but I don't think Master Tang would care as much. I don't think he'd be listening. <laughs> Master Tang sings a song about popular, supposedly Mexican restaurant chain product placement time. Yeah, so essentially just... Take, taking that step of how you'd notice if there was a certain fizzy drinks uh, can in a movie or a bottle of alcohol. This is just proper just throwing it in your face. Uh, to or indeed little, characters holding up a sandwich from popular sandwich place and going, I enjoy this sandwich and I think <laughs> yeah. you will also enjoy this supposedly Mexican thing that I am eating in this film and you're supposed <laughs> to like it. Product placement, ladies and Product gentlemen. Placement. Can yep. we move they, on now? Because we're tired of adding. Yeah. Well, they do. They do. Even, well, it's like the midway point as well. They do a whole thing about. Oh yeah. Breaking uh, and then it's more product placement. But either way, so he's he's in there. He's in there. He's walking through Mustard Tang. Yeah. He's here to kick ass and be real sick for reasons. <laughs> he just keeps coughing, doesn't he? Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, just like, <clears throat> and then a fly, I think, flies in his mouth or something like oh, that. Oh, that's an earlier scene when he's coughing where yeah. there's a moth that flies around <laughs> and then he starts coughing and then very shortly after there's another moth yeah, that it goes flies into well... him and he goes, ugh, what are the odds? And then he <laughs> sort of chews and swallows. Uh, so yes, lots of coughing. Lots of coughing. Also, Betty has metal metal claws. On yeah, that chain. seems to be the weapon of choice for for Betty. Uh-huh. They the fight is, to a song provided by a popular eighties rapper rapping about his fondness for butts. Butts indeed. Uh yeah. Uh, so yeah, in this in this scene with the fight scene, because like obviously Master Tang has had enough of Betty being being the way he it he, she is. They? Not sure if he's they. They are. It's not clear um, ever. Yeah, not. Yeah, it's the not, name it's is not Betty. Clear. It's just the name. The name is Betty, so we just refer to it, it as Betty. Um, refer to them as Betty. I think is the correct. Refer to them. He as is Betty. not a thing. Oh, I'm doing it. Damn it! They are not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've, um, I've known this guy for ten minutes, and eight of those minutes he was male. It's going to take me yeah, another three minutes, just, maybe. Just give me yeah, time. Just, it's fine. I'll get there. 
we'll, we'll, we'll understand. So um, they, he wants he's had enough of it, Master Tang, and he wants to fight Betty. But he gets thrown off because, as you were saying, when the fight begins, Betty's henchman, who has this old boombox with him, plays his his song that he likes to fight to. He plays that song and starts boom, 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 and I will not sing any more of that because yep. I don't feel like advertising or paying sync for that. Boo, boo them. We don't need no music. No. <laughs> um, Cut to Ling, who informs us that the chosen one, chosen one, I want to help, but I, 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 I just can't. We you. Pew weird. That seems to be the new effect that has been brought in for Ping. She, but when she is upset. She seems really into this piece of hardware made by Nintendo, and I agree. The Wii U might not have sold as <laughs> oh much as its even. predecessor, the Wii. But it was a solid platform that tried something new and innovative and acted as the precursor to the Nintendo Switch, which is among Nintendo's best hardware ever. I'm with her on this one. It was Uh, underrated and, frankly, great. See, I don't know about the Wii U myself, because all I know is that the battery life for the thing was terrible. They tried something new, and they had it's great true. games on it, and everybody who actually owned one enjoyed the heck out yeah, of no, it. I, 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 I'm, I with, I'm with Ling, the Wii U, 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 Wii U. She informs us that Betty is well protected, and defending, defending, defeating him is impossible. Chosen One will never make it. Never... Make it, ever make, make it, it, never you'll, make you'll it, never make it, never make it. You'll never make it. You don't see. You'll never make it. Never make, make it. it. <laughs> if you haven't uh, caught on, she has a habit of uh, repeating and crying, repeating and repeat crying. Well, this one <laughs> is even better than that because I have noted exactly what she says, which is, "Chosen one, you'll never make it. Never make it. Ever make it. Never make it." Never make it, you'll never make it, Miver. Don't you see? You can't make it. <laughs> good old, good old, good old Ling. Good old Ling. And in that's, this, that's like. and in one of these more, uh, I think, on the nose parts where they make fun of the old translations into English of Chinese films, uh, Odekirk's face is screaming visually on the screen but what he says is yeah i implore you to reconsider <laughs> yeah you'll never make it i can't because i what is it i can't teach you or something like that i can't tell you where like, he is yeah i can't tell you where he is. i know where he is but i'm not telling yeah, you I'm because you're gonna you. die yeah and it is, his hair said like, his hair's like almost being blown out with like a, a fan and like his eyes are super wide and he's like grabbing her and shaking her and it looks yeah like it looks like he's shouting and it's like i implore you to reconsider <laughs> And it's extra good because, again, as a sound guy, this is just obvious, obvious ADR. But he gets, like, right up close to the mic and goes, I implore you to reconsider. <laughs> oh, man. It's good, it's good that you have this, this little knowledge on the sound effects and, and the sound engineering. And well, stuff. Liz, I've cool. done a lot of ADR, yeah. and it is both really fun and extraordinarily challenging. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I, I'm sorry, I'm throwing out terms like ADR. You know what I'm talking about? 
Uh, not really. I assume it's something technical. Automatic dialogue replacement. Like if you're the way I would use it, for example, let's say you're filming a uh, period piece set in 1900s uh, or I don't know, Victorian England. Right. Mm. And you're outdoors and you have this beautiful scene and all of the actors hit their marks and everything's perfect and the lighting's great and the sound. Everything's great. But there was a plane flying overhead during that scene. Ugh. If you're a director, you've got options like, okay, let's reset and do it again, but like, how do we get perfect again? Yeah. Or you could say, right, we're going to pay for the ADR. So later, maybe six months later, the actors show up to a recording booth and they're played that section and they re-record their voice synchronized to whatever their lips are doing on screen. Hmm. And the difficulty is getting that right, because in a studio, you tend to be sort of a foot away from the microphone. And outdoors, who knows how far away you are. It's however far away the guy with the boom mic is. And you hope close, but it's a different mic. It's a different situation. It's a different everything. So the skill of the actor is to get it right in terms of synchronizing the performance, which is not trivial. Like some actors just can't do it, right? Particularly Mm. stage actors find that extraordinarily difficult. Then you've yeah. got the technical challenge of your your editor who needs to sort of stretch those and put them exactly right on place so that frame perfect every time when they say a letter, it's, it looks like their mouth is doing it. And then your mix engineer actually has to make it sound like appropriately distanced with a mic that might not have been. It is a whole process and it takes a long time and it is extraordinarily expensive. So if you don't have to do it, you don't do it. <clears throat> Yeah, That's not what happened it. in the old <laughs> Kung Fu movies. What they yeah. did is they were like, I don't know, English version? Sure. Send it to whoever is going to charge us the least. You'd get <laughs> like, you'd hire some dude who, whose last name sounded vaguely Chinese, whose mother <laughs> taught him Chinese from age five till age eight and sort of oh, still dear. spoke some. And yeah. they would get him to translate it. And then they would get completely different actors to just say stuff around about the same length of time the shot lasted for. Oh, no. Which is how you got things like the guy is going to move his lips for 30 seconds before the voiceover says, yes, please, I would like some. Man. Damn it. Anyway, that's That's a lot of behind baseball. Behind baseball, inside baseball, inside and over baseball. That was really interesting. I enjoyed that and took me on a journey there. Thank you. I appreciate it. So Betty, <laughs> Betty has been implored to reconsider, and once again, our hero, the Chosen One, rolls a natural 20 on his charisma persuasion check. With Straight the away. same answer. Hmm, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, you can tell it's, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if it's ever actually touched on on this, if um, Ling is a relation to Master Tang. Uh, no, she has no a, she's she has not. A, she has a, a relation yeah, she to the. A bad. She's a relation to the friend of his from the thing before, who yeah. was in the flashback, who said it will be very significant. And yeah, because then they have similarities as well. Because I think he also talks about the Wii U as well, but that's later on. Uh huh. I mean, I'm glad that they're. <laughs> I'm glad the platform's getting exposure, man. It's been a while. Yeah, exactly. It's good. It's good. I mean, and this was like years, this was like years, years before, ten years existed. beforehand. If not more. <laughs> they were ahead of their time. Turns out, Definitely. Betty spends his time at the top of a waterfall swinging a chain. Swinging a chain. Swinging a chain. <laughs> Just standing there. I mean, there that's, what he, does for, that's what he does. Yep. Swinging a chain. Off. But that's what I was going to say. I love how non-threatening his weapon kind of actually looks. Because we've just said, like, like, an iron claw or something like that, an iron hand. But it literally, it's just like... 
it looks like the most basic metal hand that isn't sharp or anything at all on a chain. And then if he hits you with it, it just kind of like attaches itself and then you just go down. <laughs> it's, it's, like... it's magic. It's magic, yeah, probably. Yeah. It's I don't magic. know. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> so Chosen One leaves to pursue Betty. On the way, there's a flying pyramid in the sky in the background, which is probably nothing. And no one notices it. I can't imagine it. <laughs> that it's foreshadowing some sort of alien invasion. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, we'll have to we'll have to find out what kind of thing would that be? Flying pyramids. But before he can reach Betty, he must cut through the meadow where this where this um... Betty's guardian. Betty's guardian. Describe Betty's guardian, please. Uh, a fierce and um, intimidating specimen of a bovine variety. It is a huge, <laughs> massive cow. <laughs> is uh, and to be fair, the CGI on the cow it doesn't look too bad. For two thousand three. I'm going to say that's pretty dang good. Yeah, yeah. So it look it's just a cow in the meadow, and you're not really sure that it is a defender because it's just acting like a cow. Until our chosen one approaches. Yep, and, and then it, it shows up. off its cow style kung fu. Yep, gets up on its back legs and gets ready to flex. Another you know, great. Like a cow scene. does. Mm-hmm. So, what happens in this fight scene? Well, uh, eh, I don't know. Is this the scene people like? Because I'm going to shit on the scene people like. Because no. I'm like, no. I don't. All right, it's a cow. You you this haven't really just... done cow. St- you haven't sort of made explicit the joke about like he fights with gopher style and he fights yeah. with, because all of the styles the traditional ones are like crane yeah. style and tiger style yeah. and all the, across the board the thing they have in common is these are animals that are able to fight and kill real well and people looked yeah. at that and were like I wonder if I could do something similar with my human body and that'll work and yeah. some of it did and they used it to some effect. Uh, it, but it is a little bit ridiculous when you do have those old films that are like, my crane style will defeat your frog style as the crane <laughs> defeats the frog. And you go, all right, listen, I love I'm those a poison stories. frog. <laughs> I love those stories, but yeah, exactly. And the twist will be like, I have learned the forbidden poison frog technique. Yeah, exactly. And the crane guy's exactly. like, I don't know how oh to defeat God. this technique. I don't, you know, and you're yeah. and everybody who knows fighting is like, have you considered punching? The gun. <laughs> Have you considered punching, maybe? Because if you punch him, I assure you. Yeah. But, you know, that would that's what they were doing in the film, because Buddy here has gopher style or rodent style, where he's like, he was raised by various rodents and learned their kung fu. Like, that. that's where they're going, and this is cow style, and it's a takedown of, like, the, let's make some ridiculous animal styles. Yeah. See, I don't know if they were going for that with this one, particularly with this, because I think, like I was saying earlier, I think this was only put in for a Matrix reference. Yeah. So why I, is I mean, it a cow? I, I don't. I. I. I don't know. I'd, I'd want to look more into the behind the scenes of that and see why he chose a cow. If it was because it would be really smart if it was like you were saying because it feels of that, like but... that's where they were aiming and it didn't quite land. You know what I mean? Yeah, see, I, I feel like that that might have been too smart or giving it a bit too much credit. I literally thought he's passing through a field. Let's have a cow in the field. That cow can fight. We can use it as seen to do like a Matrix mashup, and then that's about it. I made but... this whole adventure for my, for my D&D players, and they went off into a meadow instead. So you know what? The encounter happens yeah. there now! Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like he's, he's a man at him. 
He's, he's annoyed at him for rolling that D20 earlier, two in a row, where they're like, okay. So he's like, fine, you're going to have my cow in the field now. You're going to have to fight that. So, um, yeah, in this scene, they, they do, like, basic kung fu, like some kicks and punches, that kind of stuff. And then it turns out the cow's udders are essentially like a gun. So they're like, hits a weak its, point. Yeah, also a weak point. So it squeezes its, its uh, udders, it's and this is where its teeth, sorry, squeezes it. And this is where the Matrix thing comes in. It shoots the milk out yeah, it's like it's milk the bullet, bullet. from, 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 from uh, the Matrix against Neo. And obviously Steve does his, does his um, Neo move, as, as we were saying. What's the law at the time? Everyone had to do that at least once. Um, it was the law. Yeah. And then he starts beating up on this cow's udders. And actually, funny story about this. I don't know if you've seen any of the outtakes for Kung Pao or any of, any of that I stuff. I saw some of the outtakes at the end of the film, and I have yeah. a few notes about them. Yeah, so I believe, um, yeah, with that cow fighting scene, he has to go and launch himself for the udders to try and milk milk the teats, as it were, because he wants to, like, totally drain it so he has no weapon. Oh, That's that guy gets dragged along the ground. Yeah. So yeah, he he tries to do it like a kung fu scene where he's like he's like flying and like gliding along the ground to like try and latch onto the others and start to milk them. But they had to do that scene a bunch of times because he literally is just getting dragged on like an almost like unseen carpet thing. And it's like that guy's forearms must have been on fire by the end of shooting. I don't think it was a carpet. I think there was just dirt underneath them. I think that I think that was approximately as painful as it looked. Yeah, yeah, because that did look painful. He did look like he was suffering a bit. Maybe, maybe he had elbow pads on. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. In the truest, in the truest form of uh, homage to old school nineteen seventies kung fu movies from Hong Kong, there was no health and safety anywhere, <laughs> and your stunt yeah, guys would just get injured, and you'd be like, "Well, that sucks. Get me another one." Yeah, literally. To this day, the Hong Kong stunt guys are known as some of the craziest people who will just who will just do stuff that the rest of the world would say, I don't know, maybe I need like a crash pad or something. And a lot of the Hong Kong guys will just be like, no, that's fine. I'll just fall two stories directly on my coccyx. That's fine. It's fine. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't need anything like that. It will shatter. It's shattered again. So this time, if it shatters, it will go back to how it was before. It needs a rebreak. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know that they get injured more often is the weird thing. I think they're just really, really good. They're made of rubber. Some of them clearly are. They're <laughs> such impressive people. And uh, like, if, if it ever sounds like I'm saying, hey, these stunt people, I don't know, they should have made the stunt better. I am I am in awe of the craft yeah. of this thing. Actually, and uh, the, the bravery it takes, even with all of the stuff that you put in place to keep things safe, you're still... Doing stuff like launching yourself six stories down onto a pad. I, I worked recently with actually a stuntman. Uh, it was a, it was a working part time where where I was as well, and he was telling me about a bunch of stuff that he had to do. He would he did the most recent thing he was on was um, don't know if you've heard of the show Vikings. Um, I've heard of it but not seen it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm the same. I haven't seen a lot, but like yeah, he was telling me about the amount of weapon training they have to do and being lit on fire and that kind of stuff and it's like wow so much respect to to anyone doing that that that's intense yeah man lit on fire is something i'd like to do because they put you in a suit and everything and yeah, like, yeah okay you, for the next 20 seconds or so don't breathe in because if you do then you will actually catch fire yeah well, and you might burn the insides of your lungs a little bit Oh, there's no might about it. You just will. <laughs> right. Anyway, we're, we're, so we're, here, here's the, the thing. Here's the thing. 
I think this might be a good place to say thank you for listening to part one. Join us next week for part two, where I guess he's still at the top of a waterfall, and we don't know whether the Chosen One's going to survive this fight with the cow. We're going to have to find out next time. Does the main character live through the the second act of the story? Probably, but listen anyway. (laughs) Thank you for joining us on part one of Kung Pao, one for Paul. Uh, Dax, if people want to find your stuff, where do they find you? Uh, Thank you very much, good sir. Um, I am just on uh, www.twitch.tv forward slash Daxron. And uh, yeah, please, please come by. I like to do a bunch of different variety, different games, talking about stuff. Uh, we have Paul come by quite regularly as well. He's, uh, he's always lovely seeing him here. And we just we like to have a good time. So do come check it out um, after listening to all of the podcasts. I do like Listen your stream podcast. that you can find at twitch.tv slash Daxren. I do yes. like that a lot. And just to you say it a there. third time, I like the fact that you're streaming on twitch.tv slash daxren find him online at the twitch app if you want to and also if you have an amazon prime membership then you can give him one of those prime memberships get one for free on twitch so amazing so amazing (laughs) for real he's a good streamer and a good friend of mine i totally recommend hanging out on his channel and uh if you want to find me, you can do that on patreon.com slash one for Paul. Help support the show. Help me get more cool, awesome guests like Dax on the show. And uh, if you can't do that, then either say hi on Twitter at one for Paul or frankly, just tell people about us. Yeah, I would just, love just that. That's the main just thing that out. I would like you to do is be yeah. like, hey, mom. Have you heard about this pod? Okay, maybe some mothers will not enjoy this show. I can't guarantee that. But I think some mothers will definitely enjoy the show. Your favorite stream has just finished and you're, you're feeling that crushing loneliness and you want to hear something amazing and, and it's going to lift your spirits. Then you got you got to hit up the podcast, man. They're good. I do it all the time, to be fair. I love, I love going back and listening to this the podcast. This podcast cures loneliness, he didn't say to does. anyone because that's a preposterous no. claim. Sorry. <laughs> my, my bad. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Your days are over, mister. I implore you to reconsider. Okay!